Little Foxes. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Great. Well, welcome to South Hills Church. My name is Moses Camacho. If you have not had a chance to meet me, I would love to get a chance to connect with you. So after service, I'll be hanging out. If you are new or have been coming since the last time I've uh, been here and I have not a chance to connect with you, uh, please come and introduce yourself. I love to hear stories. Uh, I'm the executive pastor for South Hills Church. Uh, basically what that means, if something goes wrong, I get blamed. So that's my role here at South Hills. And so, no, I actually I oversee all of our campuses. I run all of our uh, staff, and um, I ultimately decide where we go next in the world of South Hills. This was one of the campuses that, um, that I decided we were going to be at. I have heard, I heard amazing things about this state called Idaho, and I heard even more amazing things by this city called Eagle. I have some close friends of mine that live in the air, that moved to the area, and I, and where I, where I live, there's really not a lot of reasons to leave. And so when my friends moved out of there, I was just like, where are you going? And they're like, we're going to Idaho. I'm like, why? Like, oh, this place called Eagle is really cool. And I'm like, really? And so sure enough, I had to come out here and I saw this. I'm like, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. And then sure enough, um, Pastor Randy and I were in conversations about where his heart was leading him next, and he thought he was going to Arizona. And then I said, hey, listen, before you land in Arizona, I need you to go check out uh, this place called Eagle in Idaho. And he's just like, I've never even heard of it. And I'm like, just go check it out. If God is moving and God is speaking to your heart, um, if God wants us in, in Idaho, he's going to let you know. And so he honestly told me, he's like, the only reason I went is because you're my boss and you told me I had to go. And so, uh, so I'm like, all right, I, I appreciate that. So sure enough, he came up here. And him and his family absolutely loved it. And then as he's driving home, he's literally looking at his wife saying, I can't believe we're moving to Idaho. And so here we are, our first out-of-state South Hills campus. So a huge round of applause for you guys. Uh, we're excited to be, we're excited to be here. I'm excited to be back. I was last time I was here was January. We're in this series called Little Foxes. Uh, if you have not been a part of this series, go back to uh, our website, listen to Randy's uh, week one and week two. Uh, this whole series called Little Foxes is just like this video says. It's a series that is designed and, and orchestrated and created for the average day-to-day -day life. For, for people who are ultimately just waking up, going to work, raising families, taking kids to school, paying bills, uh, cleaning the house, going to bed, repeating the day over and over and over, and then every now and then sprinkling in a hobby, and then every now and then spending some time in the hobby. So this series was truly designed for the person who lives in the average day-to-day -day life. And there's a, there's a reason for that is because in the average day-to-day -day life, there are little foxes in our life that are ultimately stealing from our joy, or stealing from our purpose, or stealing for, from our forward movement, from making our marriage greater, from making our family greater, from making our career better, from making our our finances better, for making our, our, our enjoyment for what God has called us to do in life better. So these little foxes exist in our day-to-day -day life, and often they're so small that we ignore them. And they're, so, they're, su they're, such, they're such little foxes in our life that we, we're, we're often not aware of what's going on, and we're often not aware of what we're sacrificing. And so there's a scripture that God thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago decided to put this scripture in the Bible so that today in this generation, you would be able to listen to it and be warned about the little foxes in your life. And this scripture is found in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, and it says, catch the foxes for us. 
the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards is in the bloom. And so this scripture is ultimately designed to help you be warned about the little foxes in your life, the little, t- the little things that steal from your joy, from your energy, from your excitement of, of life, from your forward movement in life. There's little things in your life that we often ignore that are taking from what could ultimately be greater in your life. And so I want you to grasp one phrase today. Okay, I'm going to speak for hopefully 25, 30 minutes. That's the hope. No promises. All right. And there's one phrase I want you to walk away with. Okay. And it's this. A good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. And I'm going to let you repeat that with me. Ready? One, two, three. A good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. Now you're going to read it like you actually mean it. Ready? One, two, three. A good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. Every one of us in our life, we have good things that do good things for us. But a good thing overdone can become a bad thing. I have a cell phone. I'm addicted to my cell phone. The cell phone is actually a good thing. Right? I can make phone calls with it. I can communicate with my family with it. I can Google with it. I can use apps. But if I overuse it and I become addicted to it, it all of a sudden takes away from the things that are more important in my life, right? So a good thing can become a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. And, and here's the reality. I, I put little phrases in my life to help me to make better choices every day. And there's a little phrase that I decided long ago that I was going to say to myself every time I woke up because uh, I, I'm addicted to work. I, 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 if, you, if I see an app with a, with a number on it, I'm the guy that has to erase it or go through it. Or if there's an email in my inbox, I have to read it and I have to, go, have to answer it. So I'm addicted to these things of like production, right? And so all of a sudden I became very addicted to email. Because email was a form of communication and it was a to-do list and it was a task thing. So checking off email, erasing it, making sure going through it, I, I became really addicted to it to the point where it became a priority. It was a priority before me opening up my Bible in the morning. Now, is email good? Yeah, email's good. I, I can communicate. I can send myself messages. I can, I can, sa- I can save things. But is it, is it better than opening up my Bible? No, absolutely not. Nobody in their right mind is going to be like, yeah. Your email is more important than your Bible, right? But in the morning, I caught myself answering email or reading email before opening up my Bible. And the next thing I know, little foxes in my life, such as a production-driven email obsession, started taking priority over what was a better thing in my life. So then I came up with this phrase, Bible before email. Bible before email. Go ahead, I'll let you steal it. Say it, Bible before email. All right, so I came up with this phrase. In the morning when I wake up, say Bible before email. Bible before email, okay? So then that helped me to be like, okay, let's see how many emails I have this morning. And I'll say, nope, Bible before email. Let's see how many emails I have this morning. Nope, Bible before email. So then I'd go to my Bible before the email. Then I'd get going, right? Then 
Then the phone started getting fancy and started becoming smarter and smarter and smarter. And now I needed the phone to like, you know, set alarms and to like look at different apps and do, uh, watch certain TV shows and watch my sports. And so now like I had to keep my phone close to me when I went to bed because, you know, I like to watch sports and like to do all kinds of cool activities on, on, on this thing. And then all of a sudden the Bible before email was like, okay, well, let me just read my Bible on my phone. Right? The Bible's on the phone, so let me do that. The next thing I know, I saw a few numbers on the email. I'm like, let me just check to see which emails are there, and then I'll go back to my Bible. And next thing I know, little good things become bad things because I am not putting them in the right priority. The reality is there's a million of these things happening in us, happening in our lives, where little good things are taking priority over the most important things. Uh, let's see here. Where am I at? So there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that God gave us to warn us of these things that take our time, take our energy, take our joy, take our, 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 our purpose, to take the bigger reasons of why we exist. And the next thing we know, we're putting time into these things. And the time, as you know, it goes by really fast. Years go, I mean, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And next thing you know, you're wondering, what the heck, how did I become a 45-year-old bald guy with a big belly? Like, what happened, right? I'm not pointing to you, I'm talking about myself, okay? And so then there's a scripture, there's a scripture that God wrote for us to warn, to warn us. It says, Psalms chapter 39, verse 4 and 5, it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us, each of, each of us is but a breath. And so here, King David is, is writing a poem, writing a scripture. God is inspiring him. And he's sending us, once again, another warning of how quick time flies. I, my wife and I, we've, we just recently celebrated last May, this last month, 19-year anniversary, which in today's era, that is like a, a legacy right now, right? So 19 years of being married is, is a huge celebration. Okay, I'm not expecting for you to clap, but ready, go ahead. All right, yes. All right, if you, if you knew me, you'd be looking at her and be like, how in the world did you last 19 years with this guy? So anyways, we celebrated 19 years. We have three boys. Uh, I have twins that are 12 getting ready to turn 13, but they act, they're acting like 16-year-olds. And then I have a little guy who's no longer little. He's now 10, getting ready to turn 11. And we just recently, just a, a, about a week ago, celebrated our, six, our boys' uh, sixth grade promotion. And I'm sitting here, like, after a promotion, just thinking, like, how in the world did, just, we, did just do, we just do seven years of elementary school. Like, how in the world did that just happen? Like, I'm still wrapping my head around. I still remember, like, buying their bikes for kindergarten. And I remember, like, riding their little bikes to kindergarten. And then I remember, like, every kindergarten, they have a kindergarten promotion. And this is them, my little twins, who at, you know, kindergarten promotion were just these little cute little things that didn't talk back, that didn't yell at their dad, that just thought their dad was the hero. And then all of a sudden they grow, right? And next thing I know, I blink. I mean, it literally, like the scripture says, I blink and then there they are. Grown little boys turning into little annoying men who are now graduating and promoting from the sixth grade, getting ready to go to junior high. Time literally flew by. 
Any parents out there? How many of you guys can relate? Right? And you've heard it. You've, I, I was warned by all the parents ahead of me. You're going to blink and they're going to graduate elementary school. You're going to blink and they're going to be done with junior high. You're going to blink and they're going to be done. They're going to be done with high school. You're going to blink and they're off to college. You're going to blink and they're going to be getting married and you're going to be a grandfather. And like I was warned about this. And so I thought I was going to get ahead of it and prepare and slow time down. And here I am. Failing at slowing time down. Can I slow time down? Absolutely not. What could I do? I can make the best use of time. I can make the best use of those moments. And so this is what we're talking about today. The foxes that steal your time. The foxes that steal your time, and you may be putting time into good things. But the question is, is it the best thing? Okay? Because the obvious ones are like Netflix binging. Some of us are guilty of that. Some of us are more guilty than others. That's obvious. It's like, I don't know if that was probably the best thing to do. But it was a good thing. It was a good series. That's what today's focus is about, is what are the good things in your life that you're putting time into that may not be the best thing? That may be a little fox that's robbing you from a greater experience. And so, um, there's, so one more time, I want to say this phrase, a good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing, Right? And so in, t- in today's time and you using, uh, using time, there's really three things you can do with your time, okay? Many of us have not had a lot of time to sit down and think like, what are my options with time? I can, you know, do I just let it go by and then just wonder what happened with it once it's over? No, that's called a little fox. So there's three things that you can do with your time. And this, and it, it, this applies to everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, doesn't matter what home you came into, doesn't matter what country you were born, it doesn't matter who your parents were, doesn't matter your, your, your wealth status or your athletic status or your musical status. None of that takes any effect into how much time you get. The one thing that is super equal is we all get equal amount of time, right? And there's three things you can do with it, three things. Number one is this, you can waste time. That is one thing you can do. You can allow time to be wasted. You can allow time to just go by, and at the end of the day, you can sit there and be like, wow, I didn't even know I just lost 24 hours. I didn't even know I just lost a week. I didn't even know I just lost a month. I didn't even know I just lost years. Time can be wasted, right? Uh, For example, how many of you guys have a smartphone that tells you at the end of the week how much time you spent looking at your smartphone? All right, I'm just going to, moment of truth, moment of honesty here. All right, how many of you, at the end of the week, when that report comes out, you spend more than two hours a week on your phone? Okay, all right, let's see how many brave people we get here. How many of you, at the end of the week, when that little report comes out, and we all hate that little stupid hourglass, uh, that have, have, have spent more than four hours a week on your phone? More than four hours a week. Oh, man, man, okay, all right. All right, we're going to take it to the next level. We're going to take it to the next level. How many of you, when that little report comes out, the little purple flag, the little hourglass, would say it was more than six hours a week. Oh, man, we got some honesty people. I love it. Honesty people. Okay, I, I'm just going to stop there, okay? Six hours a week is a lot. Okay, so it's just, you know, if you haven't already figured out where your, where your little fox is, there it is, right? And if your report says more than that, then there is a little fox in there that, that, that is taking your time. So a phone can very easily be a time waster. Anybody have Instagram? 
Anybody have this little, little app called TikTok? All right. Anybody have these little, these little uh, Facebook? All right. On those little social media things, there's videos and these little entertaining videos. And, I, and you can click on there and somehow, some way, your phone knows what you enjoy. And somehow, some way, your phone knows what you're into. So if you're, if you're a hunter, you're going to get a lot of hunting videos on your, on your phone. If you're a fisher, you're going to get fishing videos. If you're a sports guy, you're going to get sports video. If you're a shopper, you're going to get a lot of shopping videos. Somehow, that phone is smart. And they're strategic with putting these ads and videos onto your phone. And I'll catch myself watching Sports and baseball, and I'll and I'll you know go from one activity to the next. And next thing I know, forty minutes has gone by, and I'm like, "What the heck? How did that just happen?" Time waster, a little fox taking time away from something that where I could really be using it in a better area, right? How many of you are Seinfeld fans? Anybody Seinfeld fans of TV show? That's, you're giving away your age, but that's okay. Seinfeld fans, that, if you ever watched an entire series of Seinfeld, do you know how many hours you spent on, on the, all the series? 90 hours. 90 hours of your life just went into watching Seinfeld. What about Friends? Anybody Friends? Yes. Did you see the rerun, the, the, the reunion? Absolutely. My wife and I were are huge friends. Whenever we go road trips, we'd bring a little TV with the DVD players. We'd watch Friends all the time, series after series after series, after season after season. You know how many hours it is to go through the season of Friends? 121 hours. 121 hours, and we watched it multiple times. So we're like in the three, four hundred hour range, and then you add the three hour reunion that just came out, right? So there's a lot of time wasters. A lot of us give a lot of time to things of little importance. A lot of us give a lot of time to things of little importance. Your time waster might be different than mine, but a lot of us give a lot of time to things of little importance. Whether it's entertainment, whether it's simply just killing time, whether it's avoiding an issue happening in our home, whether it's whatever it is, a lot of us give a lot of time for things of little importance. A good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing, right? So number one, first thing you can do with your life is you can waste it. Number two, you can spend it. You can actually spend your time. You can spend it wisely. You can spend it on an education. That's a good time, time waster, right? You can spend it on a career. That's a good time waster, right? You can spend it on, on a home. That's a good time waster. You can spend it on a car. You can spend it on, uh, you can spend it on many things. There's a lot of areas you can spend your time in. So there was an article that came out. It's one of those Huffington Post articles that do some research, and they kind of calculate, like, how much time does someone naturally spend socializing? Okay? So they did a, they did a research, and they said, in your lifetime, from conversations you have with people, whether it's coffee, dinners, watching a ball game, whatever social activity you do, your lifetime, if you accumulate all those hours, it would equate to 328 days. 328 days is the average amount of time people spend socializing in their lifetime. Out of your entire life, whether you live 60, 70, 80, 90 years, out of your entire life, 328 days. Not even a year. Not even a year. Now, I want you to remember this because this is going to have a bigger purpose towards the end of this message. The time spent with people 
it averaged less than one year of your lifetime. Now, they did the same research for the time spent in your career. A regular, normal career. Not an entrepreneur or someone, a business-minded person who spends 90 hours plus a week, but just a normal, average, 9 to 5 job. 13 years of your life, nonstop, spent on a career. 328 days, not even one year, with people over 13 years of your life in a career. Okay? That's a time spender, right? So that's another thing you can do with your time. You can spend your time, you can spend your time on careers, you can spend your time on education, you can spend your time on hobbies, on sports, a lot of places you can spend your time. And most of us don't even slow down and think through what the things we've devoted are, what the things we're de- uh, we've devoted to are depriving of, of us of. Let me say this one more time. Most of us don't slow down and think through what the things we are devoted to are depriving us of. And let's just be honest. Like, how many of you actually wake up in the morning, start your cup of coffee, and think like, well, what are the things that are depriving me of the things that I should be really spending time on? Very few of us really do that, right? Because we live normal lives. This series, once again, is for the average normal life person that wakes up, drinks coffee, goes to work, pays bills, comes home, spends some time with their family, watches some sports, does their hobbies, goes shopping, goes to bed, repeat, repeat, repeat. So the second thing you can do with your time is you can spend it. And spending time is not something bad, but that is the option. One, you can waste it. That sounds bad. Two, you can spend it. That doesn't sound bad. That sounds like actually normal, right? Three, the third thing you can do with your time is you can invest it. You really can invest your time. You can use time as an investment, just like you can use, uh, you know, mutual funds and IRAs and, and, and other financial things as investment. Time can also be an investment, what you put your time into can be an investment. There's a scripture that I want to read to you, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's what I love about this scripture. Is script, is this scripture here is, is telling you, God thought of you before your parents thought of you. God thought of you before you chose what school you're going to go to, and what career you were going to choose. God thought of you before you chose what your hobbies you were going to to have. God thought of you before you chose who your girlfriend or boyfriend was going to be or your husband or your wife. God thought of you before you had kids. You were already thought of before your own parents were thought of. God already planned to bring you into this world and had a purpose and a reason on why you were going to exist. And then he gave you the gift of time. And he gives you the choice of what to do with that time. You can what? Waste it. You can spend it. Or you can invest it. So how do you invest time? Right? What would be an example of time invested? Real simple. At the end of your life, there's only one thing that lasts beyond your life. And it's people. People are the only thing that's going to last beyond your lifetime. I can invest my life into my vehicle, but unfortunately when my time comes, I can't take my car with me. 
I can invest my life into sports, but unfortunately, when my time comes, I can't take sports with me. I can invest my life into whatever the thing is. Have you ever noticed when you've ever gone to a funeral, there's never a U-Haul at the funeral, right? Why? Because you can't take it with you. And how many times are we putting hours and hours and days and days into things? And I'm not saying there's, there's anything wrong with things. Things are great. There's an interest that sparks and we create careers out of these things, right? But at the end of the day, is it the most important thing? Are things the most important over people? Absolutely not. Not according to God's word. Not according to your joy, not according to your purpose, not according to fulfillment, not according to peace, not according to the things that things cannot give you. And so God says there's three things you can do with your time. You can waste it, you can spend it, which there's nothing wrong with spending your time, but the greatest thing you can do with your time is invest it. Invest it into the people in your life because that is what's going to go beyond. When you go past this time here on earth, and you're standing in front of God, and you're standing in heaven with other people, there's going to be people that are going to come up to you and say, I'm here because of you. Or I'm here because you invested your time into me. That's the only thing that's going to be up there. No things, no careers, no bikes, no skateboards, no cars, no houses. Things are going to stay People are going to go. And so this is where God is trying to help us and trying to speak into our hearts and trying to say, focus on the right things. Focus on the right things because you can spend your time and those are good things, but it distracts us from the best thing. And so he writes this scripture in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 9. And he's trying to help us to invest our time, right? And he's trying to say, the investment required is determined by the outcome desired. Where you put your time is determined by what you're looking for. So he says the investment required is determined by the outcome desired. And it's real simple. If I was to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you, I wouldn't need, to, I wouldn't need you to tell me what is the most important thing in your life. I would just say, tell me where you put your time and tell me where you put your money. Then I'll know. It doesn't matter what you say. Where you put your time and where you put your money is going to tell me what's most important to you in your life. You can say, oh, church is the most important, uh, more important thing to me. Okay, how much time do you spend at church? Well, you know, I, I'm really busy on the weekends. Okay, how much money do you invest in a church? Well, you know, I just have a lot of bills. Okay, you can say one thing, but where you put your time and where you put your money is going to tell me what really is the most important thing to you, right? And so here we are, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 9, it says, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and the tar was used for, mo uh, for, mo for mortar, mo mortar. Sorry. And so just before I go any further, this was technology in its finest right here. This was the first time they were using bricks and making bricks instead of stone. So technology had now just broken in. They were going to the next level 
in, in, in construction, in, in, in education, in experience. There was a big breakthrough here from going from rocks to brick because they were now making bricks and bricks can now be made at the same size and the same angles and it, well, you didn't have to work around the rocks and the different size of boulders, okay? And so then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous, So here you have the motive. Here you have the motive of why they were doing this. That everybody at one time spoke the same language. Everybody at one time understood every word that they spoke. And they broke into technology, their smartphone of the time, right? They broke into technology, and then now they had an, an ability to do something they had never done before. And the reason why they wanted to do this is this will make us famous. Fame was the driving force. And keep us from being scattered all over the world. Now was, was, was there anything wrong with bricks? No, bricks was actually a good thing. Bricks, had the technology of bricks that they had now do, uh, uh, discovered, that was a good thing. But the motive made it a bad thing. Right? A good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower and the people were building. He says, look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse the people with different languages. Here's the creation of all the different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because there is, that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In, the, in this way, he scattered them all over the world. Now, here, here's the reality in this story, is there was unity in this story at one point. Everybody was on the same page. Everybody understood each other's language. Everybody understood each other's words. They had broken through technology and created a new way to do things better. Right? But the motive, the motive was wrong. The fame was, 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 was the driving force. The greater power was the driving force. And so God said, hey, time out. You can be on the same page, but it's got to be for the right reasons. And there's been a lot of things in our history that they, people have been on the same page. Right? That was the Hitler story. He had a lot of people on the same page. But it was the wrong motive. And so often... We can be on the same page with others, but is it the right motive? Is it the right reason? That could often be a little fox. So here, when things become priority over people, we lose the reason of why we exist. Fame became the reason for them. And so what ended up happening? They ended up losing their community. They ended up losing the people that they were doing life with. The reality is this, and there's a, a point that I want to make. The reality is time Reality is time not used properly creates behaviors we never imagined. Time not used pro properly creates behaviors we never imagined. And there, there's been some really sad stories, to be honest with you guys, and um, this is more from where I live in Southern California, but there's some, some articles that I printed out, and, and just recently there was this article that, that I read, and you guys may have, may have heard it. Um, there was some road rage happening on the 55 freeway, which is close to where I live, and the, the road rage was basically created by someone who was cut off on the road, right? 
and someone was cut off, and then the person in the vehicle got angry that they were cut off, had some horn issues and some, some choice of signs that ultimately created more anger. And so the person that did the cutting off did not like the reaction that they received for cutting off, so decided to put a bullet inside of the car. And by making that choice, pulling out their gun and putting a bullet inside their car, there was a little six-year-old boy that paid the price for that. And he died simply because of someone's behavior of pulling out a gun, shooting the car, because they did not like the reaction that they received from being cut off. And if you look at that, you sit there and you think, like, that is evil at its finest, right? That is evil at its finest. And for the dumbest reason of being cut off on the road. Now, do you think someone got up this morning and said, you know what, I'm going to put a bull inside of a car and I hope it hits a six-year-old boy? Absolutely not. But the anger, the frustration, the emotion, the investment into the wrong things day after day after day after day had an outburst of a, of a reaction. And it created this behavior that many of us, and probably even that person, would have never ever thought to do. And there was another, another one too, with like an, uh, another article I printed out was kids, teenagers that were ding-dong ditching. They were simply just running around doing ding-dong ditching, which is very popular to do. We've probably all done it. But for some reason, when they went to this certain home and they ding-dong ditched this home, the person at that home became so upset that he decided to chase after these teenagers. The teenagers got into their vehicle and started driving away. The, guy's ho- the guy who, whose home was ding-dong ditched, he jumped into his vehicle and chased the teenagers and then ran them off the road. The car hits a tree. Three teenagers die. Do you think that morning when that guy was having coffee, he was thinking like, today I'm going to get into my car and I'm going to run five teenagers off the road and I hope three of them die? Absolutely not. But what happened? At that moment, a reaction that was unhealthy was made and there were some major consequences that it cost people's lives. But how did that happen? Little foxes, day after day after day after day, that were ignored, created a behavior that many of us on a normal day would not be making. But when we ignore the little foxes in our life and we put time and energy into these things that are not as important as what really should be the most important thing, at the end of the day, we end up making behaviors and making decisions that we would regret at any given moment if we were in a moment of sanity. And so that was, that was another example. And, I, you know, I often, I often, you know, and those are drastic, and I, you know, I apologize for, for scaring you in, the, in, the, in, that, in that situation. But here's, here's a more um, normal, normal example. I, I do a lot of counseling, a lot of premarital counseling for people who are getting married. And I, as a joke, whenever they come to me for premarital counseling, I always ask them. I say, hey, I said, how long do you plan on being married for? And they look at me like, what? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, you're here for premarital counseling. You want to get married. How many years are you hoping to make this for? Five years? Ten years? Twenty? Like, what's your goal? And they look at me like, why are you asking me how long am I going to plan on being married for? And they're looking at me and, I, and, and, they, and they, they say, well, forever. I'm like, oh, you want to do this forever? I'm like, oh, it's not just a five or ten year goal? And they're like, no, no, we want to we be married forever. I'm like, okay, because you know most marriages don't last forever, right? And they're like, 
yeah, but we're going to be different, and we're in love, and we want to do this forever. And I'm like, you know, I've never had one marriage or, pre- or premarital counseling. I've never had one couple come to me before they got married and say, we only, we only want to do this for five years. Then after five years, we're going to get divorced. Not once. Not once has anybody came to me and said, we only want a two-year marriage or a five-year marriage or a 10-year marriage. But sure enough, we all know the stories. Somehow, some way, little foxes that got ignored day after day after day created a behavior that they did not think they were going to be making. And the reality is this, is when we don't take the time and, and observe the little foxes in our life, we end up making behaviors that we never thought we would make. There was a, a famous movie, and we've all heard of it, right? Jurassic Park, anybody out there heard of Jurassic Park? And I'm going to get ready to close, so, um, so this is going to be my, my, clo- my closing story. And there was this famous movie, and there was this phrase that, that was said from the great philosopher, Dr. Ian Malkin, and he said this in, in the, about the movie Jurassic Park. They were so preoccupied with whether or not they could They didn't stop to think if they should. They were so focused on whether or not, on whether they could, that they never stopped to think if they should. I could have my phone on me 24-7, but should I? Should I have my phone on me? I could watch Netflix videos and Netflix series every single evening, but should I? I I could work 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. But should I? The things that you can do doesn't mean we should do. Because the reality is, the things that we do day after day where we escape to, we're escaping them for a reason. And those things that we're escaping from ultimately land in a place where we make behaviors that we never thought we would or we should. And so I want to say this, the danger in all of this is that we don't often feel the impact of an empty pursuit until it's too late. We don't often feel the impact of an empty pursuit until it's too late. And so my hope today is this. My hope today is in today's message, you took some time to think about, like, what are the areas in my life that are possible little foxes that are stealing my time? And what is that costing me? Or what can that cost me? Will it cost me my marriage? Will it cost me my relationship with my kids? Will it cost me any relationship? Because if we listen to God's word, the greatest place we can invest our time is into people, right? Why? Because people are the only thing that's going to last beyond your lifetime. You can spend your time on a career. You can spend your time on, on things. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes a priority over where you should be investing your time into then we end up having decisions or behaviors that we would have never made two years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to just pray for you because I know that there's not a person in this room that doesn't have something in their life where they're probably thinking like, yeah, I should probably spend less time on this 
so that my marriage can be stronger, so that my relationship with my kids can be stronger, or so that my relationship with my parents can be stronger, so my relationship with my neighbors can be stronger, or so that my relationship with my coworkers or my boss or my employees, whatever that is, what are the little foxes in your life that are taking the time and the energy and the joy of the relationships in your life that are ultimately suffering because we're escaping to a smartphone or escaping to a Netflix episode or escaping to work or escaping to some project because things are never going to make your relationship what you want it to be. Things can be enjoyed, but they're never going to make your relationship what you want it to be. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I would just like to pray for you. Father, there's, uh, there's little foxes in our lives that are often taking time from us. Taking time from us and, take, and robbing us from the opportunity of investing them into a relationship with you. Investing them into a relationship with our spouse. Investing them into a relationship with our kids. Investing into a relationship with our neighbors. Or, or, so at the end of the day, they're robbing us from an investment into relationships. And if there's one thing we know over and over from your word is that the entire Bible points to a relationship with you and relationship with others. So help us to identify the little foxes in our life that are robbing us from the relationships that we should be focusing on. Lord, help us to stay true to your word. Help us to put our time and energy in the areas that matter most. We say these things in your name. Amen.